0: Alright, welcome everybody to episode 75 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside the always busy Jamie Eisner and the looking like he just spilled his drink on himself Craig Morgan. I'm Luke Lipinski. How are you guys doing?
1: I just spilled my drink on myself. Did you? Okay. B- busy.
0: Alright. Well, then the shoe fits. So, here we are. Uh, what? Five weeks before the NHL playoffs? Oot, oot. That excitement is starting to build in the air starting to get warm out here in Arizona. It is like,
1: genuinely building for me. I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs.
0: Well, yeah, you should be.
1: Why, why should I be? Oh, OK. Because the Blackhawks look really well, good. Well, there's arguments on both sides of that, really, with what's at stake for me. That's true.
0: I almost feel like we should have made the stakes higher just so you, you couldn't fully enjoy it. You know, you never place.
1: really define those stakes, so there's, there's some wiggle room, I feel.
0: There will at least be photos, okay. and the moment will definitely be immortalized. I can, I can guarantee <laughs> you that. <laughs> whether those stakes were explicitly stated or not. So, uh, NHL GM meetings this past week, past couple days. Some interesting ideas floated out there. Uh, Some of them probably will never actually see the light of day, but we've seen in the past that the NHL is willing to take some chances and at least try stuff that I would say probably more likely to try stuff than other leagues are,
1: correct? Yeah, Well, when you consider the tail on the puck, the... The foxtail on the puck, and, Gold of course, puck. they always abuse goaltenders. Uh,
0: I was I was thinking things that worked, actually. but yeah. yeah.
1: Continually shrinking equipment, widening the nets. What else can we do to punish goaltenders? We,
0: we do not need to widen the nets. I will take a hard stand against that's that. That's crazy, yeah. It's, uh,
1: smaller pucks.
0: Smaller pucks. <laughs> you know, actually, what I heard... Size of golf balls. <laughs> yeah. That would hurt. Uh, did you guys hear this one? I don't know if this was explicitly brought up at the meetings or if this was just an idea that was floated out there, but obviously the whole... Uh, offside review thing that just seems to bother more and more people every week and it was mentioned at the GM meetings that that's not going to change in the middle of the season which I don't think it should but what do you think of the idea of making the blue line really thin whereas now it's like a foot and a half thick just making it like three inches or something to make it less confusing when we're reviewing whether or not a guy's blade tip of his blade is touching the ice
1: you know what perplexes me here I, I, I don't know about that I mean maybe okay that's what what I'm really bothers wondering. me is that with technology being what it is today, we can't perfect the cameras to the point where we can tell if someone's offside or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, if
2: you're going to put, like, a camera right on the blue line, like almost like the NFL pylon cam, that's one thing. If you're not, no camera. every camera angle is going to be skewed just enough where if you know anything about angles, and I know you love angles, Luke, as you try to drink your coffee off mic. I'm a big uh,
0: geometry fan. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> big
2: geometry yeah. fan. Uh, then I'm you can really tell so am I okay. Jamie was
0: just trying to make me talk because I had a drink I was just trying to turn
2: around and I, was like, I wasn't sure was it turning his back on me that, that's how I really Again, so what you're saying it's I like brought shame thing. upon this podcast yes, like, what I, I do, do
0: directly to the corner like a potted plant uh, you're right you have to have the camera right along the blue line that's and a good camera
1: Let's, yeah. let's use a good camera too. Because one that this, can tell. This yeah. is That's just a crazy idea handheld that, handheld
0: that, that I have. Weird. They have those little video handheld reviews. Yeah, because the like yeah. boys.
2: Yeah. Why well, they <laughs> like the tiny? Let's give them the tiniest screen possible to make these big decisions. And then
0: we'll have everybody in the arena yelling at them while they can't pick it off this little. And yeah, so like their offside camera would be like one of those disposable cameras from the late '90s. There would just be a guy down there taking a picture and then having yeah. it
1: developed. I want I want the officials to put on like those giant like the the virtual reality yeah. things, which like looks like they're wearing a ViewMaster. Yes. Just skate into And review that way, yeah.
0: What if they just took it out completely? The review. The review? Oh, the blue lines? No, no, the review. (laughs) Then we would have some fun.
1: I like getting things right. I'm I'm in that camp. I like getting things right. No, that's that's why I said what I said. I think there are ways. There are other ways to get closer to perfection.
0: And... People need to realize, too, because I saw this in a goal review the other day where people were flipping out because you couldn't tell if the puck was all the way across the line because the line's all carved up. Because it's painted under ice, basically, there's always going to be some calls that are just wrong because the, the lines are always going to be blurred after the first 30 literally. seconds. Have I not see that? Well, yeah, literally is what I meant, though.
2: Also, not practically that lines are painted under the ice.
0: Yes. But that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Jamie has this big smile on his face.
2: He's proud of himself.
0: The lines are painted under the ice. The ice gets chopped up throughout the game. It's it blurs gonna, those it's lines a bit, right, Luke? It blurs those lines.
1: I feel like we're going cam- <laughs> to Good cameras. Yes, there's still going to be some inconclusive calls. That's just okay. the nature of it. I know that's, that's one of the things that's frustrating teams the most, is the inconclusive calls. Well, sorry. It's going to happen. Yeah. A certain percentage of the time, it's going to be inconclusive. Deal with it.
0: But that's better than having Matt Duchesne roam 30 feet offside yes. and still scoring. Yes,
1: let's get it as close to right as we can.
0: How about uh, moving the face-off circles in no, the attack and defensive to zone to the point where there's only one instead of two?
1: It's creepy to me. I don't, I don't even know what to think yeah. of that one. It's, it's so out of left field. I, I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: I like that they're thinking that far outside the box. These aren't random bloggers. This, this isn't the three of us. This isn't Jamie sitting over there coming up with weird ideas. This is the NHL GMs coming up with these ideas.
1: It changes so much if you move it into the middle of the ice. It probably changes your formation. Yes off the face off it changes your strategy what you're trying to do off the face off like we talked about off air you might get more centers who are literally just trying to shoot right yeah. off the face off time it and fire a yeah. shot toward the net i don't know it's it's intriguing to me it, if you're if you're again i don't know if it would increase scoring because you'd have to experiment with it probably in the ahl first but it seems like an interesting idea because you move closer to the, the high-danger scoring area. Yeah,
0: you're, I mean, you're right in the slot. A lot of yeah. times when you take a face-off, if, especially if it's going to the, the center's power side, you know, if, the, if, the center, if your center is more likely to be able to, to win it quickly to his left or whatever and you're on the right side, you'll stack both wings to his left mm-hmm. and basically have one guy that can either go right to the net and another guy right behind him that will get a clear shot or whatever. Now if you're doing it this way, you could still do that. You could overload one side, but I don't know that you would really want to as much. Now you kind of have the... You have a lot more element of surprise from the offense.
1: Sure, you have options.
0: And the defense doesn't know which way you're necessarily And would
1: you knowing. structure the rules on a face-off where guys have to be in certain places because of the change? Would, oh, you, would you do like that? I wouldn't either. I'd leave it wide open. Kick. Huh? Yeah. Kind
2: of like the NFL onside kick, where you can only have so many players on one side of on right.
1: the field. And, and, and do a certain that. amount need to be on the, quote, line of scrimmage?
0: Yes. Yeah. Nah, I would want, I would, you know, obviously you can't have other players inside the circle. Like you need to keep enforcing right. that, but I would I would like it where players can be wherever.
1: Wherever the offensive players. Yes.
0: Well, I mean the defense can too. Well, they, they can't
1: slide the... this side of the circle, right? They no, can't no, slide no. up. But well, yeah, no, would so would you say. let would you let the offensive players like would you let this wing come over? Would you let the defenseman come over? Would you would you allow any formation for the offense? I, I, would, I might.
0: Yeah. I, I wouldn't let him pass where the dot is. Obviously, like you yeah, can't you can't
1: go it. on that side of it.
0: But if if I want to have my center take a face off and I want to have all four of my other players to his right. Why not?
1: Especially like late in the game. Can yeah, you imagine yeah. that? Just stack the slot. Yeah. Although it's not the slot anymore. It's yeah, to one it's side or the weird. other. So. Mm. It is weird. It is. It's crazy to think about. But
2: it. Brave, new, brave new world. Yeah. I kind
0: of. I kind of like that.
1: I do too, actually. I but would th-
2: rather them do that than change dimensions
0: of the ice no, or yeah. of
2: the net or anything
0: else. If they change yeah. dimensions of the net, I'm really gonna
1: have. Yeah, that's a hard that time. seems wrong. I mean, I know some people think that they should widen the rings. That's never gonna happen because they're not taking seats out. No. Because that's revenue. And but I'm
2: not sure. I'm not sure American, excuse me, North American fans would take well to that.
1: Yeah, because they like the physical diff- side, yeah, and it doesn't increase scoring. All it does no. is favor skill and skating.
2: Yeah, I mean, which is which is good, but I don't
0: think it's going to solve the issues that the
1: no, offensive I, issues at the NHL. I really don't think that it adds have. offense.
2: I,
0: I think they're perceived offensive issues. Like I think the numbers are are going up. I'd have to look, but I'm pretty sure scoring's up considerably this year anyway. And if you start changing the size of the rink, which I would still prefer to changing the size of the net. You're you're dramatically altering the actual way the game is played and yeah. the structure of the game. Whereas if you move the faceoff circle, I get that that's different than it was in the '70s, but it's at least still the same game.
2: But the fundamental problem is, is the game that was played with all the scoring in the '70s and '80s had a lot of terrible hockey players in it and yep. a few very terrible coaching points. too. Yeah. yeah. Then the problem is everybody is the, the the base the floor now for the worst player in the NHL is so far beyond what it was in the 80s. That's their issue. So what you're
0: saying is issue, and I put in air quotes. Mike Johnston as
1: a ne- coach need to bring back bad players and back. Yeah, bad would yeah, so so we'll solve it. Yeah, uh, okay.
0: uh, or we could just take out block shots, which was also brought up. And I don't know how you would ever enforce this. If I was a referee, I would be yeah. livid about this possibility. What would Tortorella's teams do? Like, what would they even find a league different do? league? <laughs>
1: Supply. Well, I mean, you ask how you enforce it. I mean, if a guy leaves, if a guy's not on his... Uh, you're saying, well, it was accidental that he was, he was on the ice or he or fell or...
0: falls down or... Right. Yeah, I mean, there is... There's there is gray area gray,
1: there, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I, I was wondering about the safety impact of the game. If guys aren't diving, does the game become safer? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that.
0: If, if, if you're telling me it either becomes safer or more dangerous, it definitely becomes... Safer, It's on that side of the spectrum because there's less of a chance you're going to get hit in the neck with a shot. Right, whatever. neck or the face. or Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I guess in a perfect world, and again, you, I don't want this to be reviewed too, but the, the proposed rule is you can't drop down to your knees. You can't leave your skates basically right. to block a shot. Yep. Which, you know, in theory doesn't sound that bad. If you want to increase scoring, I do think having the puck get through to the goalie it's yeah. obviously the best way to And if a guy's that. upright,
1: it's a, it's a narrow line versus, yeah. you know, sprawled across the ice blocking.
0: Did you see Brad Tree Living's quote on this?
1: I didn't, actually. Oh,
0: okay, good. I'll just read this. This is Brad B, as Craig calls him. He I really don't
1: call him that, actually. Uh-huh. Okay. You guys made me call him that. We,
0: we should have him on the show this summer. We should do that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be hard to get him on right now. Let's see if he's under contract first. I
0: feel like he's kind of busy. Yeah. This is uh, Brad Tree Living's quote. Quote, you need an act of God to get a puck through from the point into where a goalie has to make a save. That's something that perhaps could be addressed. Unquote. <laughs> That's a great quote. You know, there's something to that. I know people. I think it's such a lazy plan of just, oh, widen the nets. You now, if they're still getting blocked, if the shots are still getting blocked 30 feet away from the net, it really doesn't matter how wide the net is. That's just for guys that aren't accurate, basically. That's what widening the nets will do.
1: Michael Stone would shine. Yeah, Michael
0: Stone. Yeah, maybe he's the one. Twenty goals a year. <laughs> So, I don't know, the block shots one is, is interesting to me uh, as well. I don't hate either one of those.
1: No? Yeah, like you said, getting pucks to the net. I mean, that's that's a cliche that we hear all the time. Need to get pucks to the net. Well, this would probably help in that regard.
2: And eventually. I so mean, dump-ins would be pucks to the net yeah, at that point, pretty much.
0: I don't know how long it would take, but John Tortorella, I'm sure, would be at the forefront of finding ways for players to block shots without dropping to their knees. I don't know, how, like they would all hold hands or something and just... <laughs> dance and block all the shots. They'd down. have this crazy crouching formation, right, yeah. like,
1: where they got low and widened themselves. Yeah,
2: or like one guy holds the other guy, and they, like two guys, and they hold one that's
0: uh, horizontal. <laughs> Swings them around like a figure skater. Yeah. A, like a, <laughs> a giant baseball bat to block shots. See, this is the NHL I want to watch. What about adding another playoff team in each conference? You already, ha- more than half the league already bakes the postseason. Yeah, Why would
1: true. I? And it would still be more than half even when Vegas comes in, so No.
0: Why was, This do was brought up, though. This wasn't my idea.
1: Do, do you feel like we're in the situation right now where, oh my gosh, that ninth place team, if they had just made it in, they could have made a run. Do, no. Do you, do you ever feel like that?
0: But we're not broadcasting no. in Toronto. We're...
1: True. Yeah, I <laughs> if the Leafs end up ninth this year. Which Everybody in Toronto nice. will raise their hand. Yes. You in favor of this?
0: So it would be the number two wild card in each conference playing the number three wild card in each conference in a best of one. Yeah. Uh, which does a couple things. I mean, it makes it obviously puts another team in. It also makes it less likely that the number two wild card goes on a deep run because they have to play an extra game. So even if they win it, I guess it doesn't make it that much. It doesn't difference. make that
2: much difference if you like a team that wins your series in five games and the other team swept their series yeah, in the same true. spot. It's a bigger deal in
0: baseball because you have your starting pitcher that you can't. Bingo. Bingo, yeah. Okay. So this year, right now, if that were the case... It would be St. Louis against LA in the West, which mm-hmm. is certainly a game I would watch. And in the East, it would be Toronto and the Islanders, right? Um, yeah, Toronto and the Islanders. Yeah, I have no desire. Which is a game for Toronto this? would
1: win. I just, I just don't get it. I don't, so now, I, don't, I don't find it necessary. Now eighteen of
0: thirty-one are going to make the postseason. Yeah, they're not going to do that. I don't think not anytime soon. I, I don't. See I never that. like the, for
1: it. I never like the play-in game with the NCAA tournament. Just no, when They thought of cheapened it. Just, really? We, we need those extra teams? You just don't. Indiana. Remember
2: when they tried to, like, con us into thinking that was the, quote, unquote, first yeah, round so for a couple say. years, and they finally gave up on that?
0: And there was always somebody in your group of friends that when the tournament started on Thursday, like, oh, these are some good first round games. are like, no, no, these are the second round games, because there was Monmouth and Hampton playing. Yeah, right. the, 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 two Houston, 16,
2: right. 16 seed schools from states. I didn't even know were states
1: they yeah. got to play. I think they should <laughs> just, just call it the words. not really in the tournament round. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But then that's, that's too uh, hurtful and insensitive to those <laughs> that's schools. That's true. Get it together over there, Craig. The other thing, though, in baseball, when they did that, the percentage of teams making the playoffs in baseball it was it would, much lower. Yeah. And the percentage of teams being in it or, like, feeling like they were in it, fan bases, was much lower. Whereas hockey, even if you did that this year, it's not like more teams would feel like they were in it. It's, it would be the same. We already have 23 teams that still think they have a chance to make the playoffs this year. That number wouldn't go up.
1: It right. can't go up. Not yeah, right. and that's that's the uh, another good point, is that you you further cheapen the races. If you, there's yet another slot, yeah. it's, it takes out some of the drama at the end of the season. Unless we're talking about, whatever, the 10th and 11th teams in the conference yeah, thinking yes. they're still in it, which I'm pretty sure I don't want to feel like those teams are and, still and in I, it. And I think that makes it even worse for a trade markets.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that oh. you just kill the trade deadline. That's, that's a good point, too. Although this...
1: Because like, we need another... De- detriment to uh, making yeah. trades at the year. Like, we needs don't to have be enough less
0: exciting. it's another yeah. excuse for next year on March 2nd when we're like well the reason it didn't happen is because every team made the playoffs the one I guess the one if you're going to play devil's advocate is it would draw a pretty big distinction between being the number one wild card and the number two wild card Yep. so that's that's like the one element of it I kind of like you'd be better off you'd be significantly better off being Calgary this year than LA yeah,
1: yeah. You know? and it, when you look at the conferences too there should be well there is anyway I mean the Rangers or whoever who ends up in the wild card out of the Metro is so much better than the other wild card.
2: That, that's not so their playoff problem. No. Their problem right. is every I get the same matchup every single year, which is what they intended, and it's just not going over what as well as I thought it would.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you want to fix things, then the two changes I would have would be go back to the home team wearing white and the road team wearing their color jerseys so you can see the different color jerseys when they come to town and reseed the playoffs one through eight, not division by division, and the same second and third place teams play each other every year. Joe Thornton is having a pretty good career.
1: He really is. It's yeah. underappreciated, and I know he took some hits early on. He took plenty of hits, actually. He took hits yeah. in San Jose as well. He for at least two years ago. Yeah, for not getting his team to the promised land. And there's, there's probably some truth to that, that he didn't perform up to the level that some expected. And maybe he just wasn't that player, but from a pure passing standpoint... This guy's as good as there's ever been, with the possible exception of Wayne Gretzky. You know, you're talking about the very elite ones. He's a great playmaker. He really is. Yeah, really. I mean, just a, it's phenomenal how long he's been able to keep up
2: playing at, at an elite level. And, you know, maybe he's got one more, probably one more shot at a cup here this year, depending on whether or not he gets re-signed in San Jose or something like You're sticking with that been.
1: big, right? Yeah, I still, the I still think
2: they're the best team in the West right now. And I think they have the easier path, too. That's the biggest they have thing. The they only have to path. be one what I would consider a really good team to get to the Stanley Cup final. That's or I think fair. Chicago is going to have a lot tougher task. Minnesota going to have a tougher
0: task. Chicago and Minnesota will have to go through each other. Yeah. And then whoever wins will probably play San Jose. Assuming it all breaks that way. How so m- it could be the
1: same situation as last year where like, I felt like St. Louis was gassed yeah. by the time they got to San Jose.
0: Yeah. How many years do you think Joe Thornton has left of playing really good hockey? Oh, well, I mean, you, know, you worry
2: about the quick decline that seems to happen. You know, around this time it ha- We haven't seen it yet But, I, I mean I don't see any reason Why he wouldn't sign a Like a two-year deal Somewhere next year
0: San Jose or somewhere else
1: you Yeah, think? that's what I wonder Will they I, bring him I back? See, I
0: don't know I, I think they I think they do bring him back Right? But, I mean, you have to Not Patrick Marleau Yeah, you yeah. choose between the two Well, yeah
2: It's Thornton, clearly <laughs> If you have to choose between the two I don't. I don't know why he would necessarily leave unless he, he truly felt slighted by what happened to him a couple years ago. And this, well, I'm going to play out my contract, but I'm not going to make an effort to resign him. I don't know from San
0: Jose's perspective why they would not want him back. So he got 41 points this year. Uh, last year he had a, just a monster season. He obviously still contributes for that team. Mm-hmm. I think the reason they're so successful is because they have. They've got those guys in their late 20s that are really good now, and they've even got some of the younger players that are interesting. But I think it helps to have a vet, like a true vet, like Joe Thornton. If he's going to be put up 82 points last year, if you get 60 points from him per season, it's worth having him around.
1: Yeah, I'm in complete agreement there.
0: So if he plays three more years. Including, yeah, okay. Including this year, I guess. Three more playoffs. Do you think he ever wins a cup? Or are we talking the same way about him when he's being brought up for the Hall of Fame as we are right now. It's
1: sort of with Jamie on this, I kind of feel like San Jose needs to get it done this year too.
0: Yeah, I, I just... I and mean, they have some just, great yeah. players.
1: Brent Burns is ridiculous. Right,
2: yeah, Brent Burns is having an odd... Um, more and more he plays, and more and more I want him to be the MVP. I mean, what he's doing is un, un, just unbelievable at his position. And but he's not the
0: chosen one, and he doesn't play for Edmonton, so no. sorry. You have no chance of winning the MVP. But, but
2: to You'd me, I, I don't that. see San Jose's odds getting better next year or the year after I think last
0: year and now this year are the this is the time for them to make the run the only way they would be perceived as better next year is just as silly as it sounds if they went out and lost in the opening round this year then maybe they wouldn't be quite as beat up
1: next year nah, I just think it would be more of who are they going to sign if they signed somebody come out of nowhere I just don't but, think San Jose's made enough deep cup runs where that, that argument plays. I, I, maybe if you're, if you're coming off one deep playoff run, I'm not sure it's as much of a factor. When you're talking about teams like Chicago that does it every yeah. year, that's a lot of games and you never get the rest. Your body never gets to recover. But
0: It's like the LeBron theory in basketball. Like His teams go to the finals every year and he plays in the Olympics every couple of years. And so he's played an extra five seasons or yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, I think it's more of an effect for a team like Chicago. I'm not sure that that's going to impact San Jose that much. I just, look at their look at their team too. Joe is going to be 33 next season, so. Joe Pavelski's
0: quietly getting it to be <laughs>
1: yeah. a mid-30s player. Yeah.
0: but I mean, you don't see any drop-off. Not you yet. Really, you shouldn't see a drop-off at 33, right? I mean, you really shouldn't see that drop-off till late 30s for well, the most part. I think a lot
1: a of people will say player. 35, right? Yeah, a, yeah. A once you start to get in that mid, once you start to get in
2: that 35, 36, 37.
1: But, I mean, even by that, Pavelski still has at least three productive seasons, and that's coincidentally how, how much longer he's under contract, including this year. So.
0: Also, another good thing with, with Thornton is he's never been a speed guy. It's not like we're talking about. True. Whatever. Phil Kessel turning 38 or something. And Joe Thornton's game is not predicated on speed. I guess Phil Kessel's isn't anymore either, but this isn't a conversation about Conor McDavid in 20 years where people are saying, oh, he's losing his step, so he's not quite as good. Thornton will just kind of set up and Run people over and occasionally throw an elbow and make a great pass. So, there's that. Uh, the Dallas Stars <laughs> making a, They're a thing back into no. relevance? No. Okay. No.
1: You're shooting that down.
2: Sorry, Carolyn. No.
0: What uh, What do they do next In the offseason? Yeah, we touched on this a little bit a couple Panic. weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, Patrick Sharp, Alex Hemsky,
1: Yuri Hoodler, all UFAs, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. they got to walk away from all those players, don't they?
2: Yeah. I've even thinking you got long of a pause, none of those players. I mean, Alashemsky's coming comeback. off hip surgery. I don't know if he's He's never gonna be the player that everybody thought he was
1: gonna be at Edmonton. Korpakoski is just a, uh, you know Patrick Sharps just a piece. Just on the wrong side of thirty five. Yeah. Right. So so if you're if you're looking at this roster right now, you obviously have Ben and Sagan as your your building blocks, but you can't fill in enough around those guys to be in contention next year, can no. you? What is... Not what's out there. I'm going to ask you guys this question. What
2: is the difference between the just the core that Dallas has right now and the core that Colorado has right now? That's <laughs> a great question. <laughs> it is a great question.
0: The, the Dallas core is a little bit better, but also probably even smaller, isn't it? Dallas's core is... So you have
2: and Sagan and Ben, who are better than anybody on Colorado. Yes. But Colorado at least has, for now, Duchesne, Brandon Nate McKinnon, Barry...
0: Miko Ranson, who I think will be good. I agree there. Who's the best Colorado player? McKinnon? Yeah, I think so. If yeah. somebody told you you have to trade everybody Nathan except McKinnon, one, it's Yeah, he would be the most untouchable player. on okay. For Dallas, this is the other thing to kind of to look at, Craig, Just to the point you were making. Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Jason Spezza, Cody Egan are your main guys that are signed up front past mm-hmm. this year. But both goalies are signed next year. So yeah. you're not winning a cup
1: next year. Right. That's why I'm saying maybe next year is just a uh, – yeah, you know what, we're going we're gonna to slowly retool this thing around those players, and after another year we'll be out from under the weight of those two yeah. awful goaltenders that have been a drag on this organization for the last couple seasons.
0: Well, so then does that ultimately cost Jim Neal his job? I mean, I thought... And
1: it was a doing, massive miscalculation. It really was.
0: And maybe you could look at it and you could say that's really his only mistake. He's done a lot of things well. Obviously, got Tyler Sagan for very little.
1: Yeah, because you can't, you can't account for injuries like they've had to some of these veteran players. You, no. you just didn't know that they were going to be decimated like this. But yeah, that's... I don't know. Is that enough to cost someone their job?
0: If you find yourself punting again next year, then you've essentially cost yourself last season, even yeah. though you had a fun season... This year, to a certain extent, and next year in the yeah. middle of these guys' prime? Because where I'm going with this is if you punt next season, Tyler Sagan's only signed for one more year after that. And so then you find yourself in this really weird spot that following year where if you get off to a bad start and you're struggling around the trade deadline, Tyler Sagan's making $5.7 million. Are you somehow <laughs> considering trading it? I mean, what do you... He's going to command a lot more than five point seven million.
1: Don't you know? make that mistake.
0: I don't want to be punting years off of his career. Yeah,
2: I, I just I don't see an easy fix.
0: It's it's so strange after where they were last year.
1: Yeah, but we even then we saw issues. This this we was the issues. worst case scenario. For yeah, me. yeah. You can't account for all these. We injuries. saw issues,
0: but we didn't see they're out of it. And we're talking about if they have to blow up their team in early March, right? We saw issues of that. Probably can't win a cup with those goalies.
2: And that defense.
0: Yeah, the defense doesn't help them at all. And John Klingberg doesn't even look like the same player this year.
2: Hmm. That team needed to be have the puck so often to be effective. And the minute that slipped, they turned right back into the team everybody feared they would be.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to allow... Remember
2: how, about, how... I mean, they had to puck a
1: stupid amount of time last year. Oh, yes. yes. That, I remember all the games against the Blackhawks. <laughs> it was painful.
2: And, but the, the minute that went down to even... Closer to fifty-fifty, every defensive problem they had, every goaltending issue became magnified. They've been, they've had injuries. I mean, again, we still don't know if if Sagan plays that whole postseason, where that team goes. I mean, there's there's a lot of questions there.
0: They got blown out so badly by St. Louis, wasn't that St. Louis in Game Seven of the second round? I, mean, I remember being excited for a Game Seven between two teams that had Stanley Cup aspirations, and before <laughs> I got home that day, it was, it was over. So- <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'm going to let Craig go off here in a second. First, though, this was your idea that I said I was going to mention at the start of the show, and now that we're a half hour in, I think I'll bring it up. Okay. We're going to take listener questions. Potentially. I'd like to
1: uh, quasi-mailbag, even though it's broadcast. So I don't E-le-tronic know. What call mailbag. That. Electronic mailbag. Electronic
0: mailbag. Email bag. This could really catch on.
1: Yeah, I'd like to uh, open the floor to questions, reasonable questions, and I'm, we can't promise that we're going to get to all those questions. Basically, we're going to select the best questions that you want to ask us. Just yeah, so ask it can be- your questions. It can be... <laughs> Jamie we'll we'll allow a certain 100%. amount of latitude with those questions. Yeah,
0: or even if you just throw something out there and we end up using it as a talking point yeah. or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't blow it, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Starting to sound like... Anything NHL-related or anything you want to ask me about Jamie or Luke, that's fair game. That's fair. Yeah. Yes. Craig. Anything else is off-limits. Drink choices or why he hates no, the that's off fighters limits. so much. That's, that's off-limits.
0: favorite Barbara <laughs> side songs. Streisand? That's how you say her name, right? <laughs> uh, at the Natty Hattie on Twitter or the natural hattrick pod no sorry the natural hat trick at @gmail.com okay Those not two you places you want them
2: texting you you can text look at 602
0: <laughs> if you can guess my number feel free to text me so just <laughs> start texting numbers and there's a chance it'll get to me or you can email the show at, at either of those two places i just told you we could
1: give we could like scramble the digits and let people <laughs> try and figure it out
0: that sounds like a fun game for a different show give
1: them all 10 digits yeah, yeah.
0: maybe in the middle of the summer when we're really okay.
1: bored
0: Las Vegas? I'm sorry. Vegas? No, just Vegas. 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 adding a team or a player? Wait, I can talk real yeah. well today. Reed Duke. So now are they going to add players with names like that? Seriously. They I just
1: laughed play? when I saw it. Was it uh, by the way, what the heck is American Magic the Gathering? Because there's a Reed Duke. If you Google Reed Duke, the first thing that comes up, actually I think it was until recently, the first thing that came up was, oh, Reed Duke of the American Magic the Gathering fame. Which of course it's some kind of game, and I have no idea what it is, and somebody's going to laugh at all three of us because none of us know what it is. I know but what it is. So you do. do you? What is it? Enlighten Someone's us. It's
0: Jamie. It's just a card game. It's do different. I know what it is? No, yes. know okay. I
1: feel like it's a card game. Yeah.
0: Wasn't Magic the Gathering? Wasn't that a card? Okay. game? I've heard of yeah. the. Yeah, I've heard of I've it. I've heard too it, the phrase before, but I couldn't it.
1: tell you what it
2: was if it was a card game like Dungeons and Dragons or I don't even know. Yeah, people are going to laugh at us because I
0: don't know, know it's I just know, know it's a game. Okay. And apparently, Vegas is. First ever player was really good at it in a different life.
1: So he's he's his last name is Duke, by the way. He's from Calgary, so he's probably a cowboy. Yeah, just saying. So they it have
0: fits. to they have to sign Ben Bishop, right? Uh, Nikita Pawn is there? Is there a player like that? Some how the other chess pieces <laughs> there <that> are <laughs> Dwight King. All right. I don't know much about this guy, honestly, other than Minnesota drafted him fourth round uh. a couple years ago. I mean, this is just a.
2: It's an overage WHL, guys. Yes. Uh The success rate is low.
0: This is basically a trivia question.
2: Shout out is. to
1: Brendan Shinneman. It felt like yes. uh, <laughs> knows Kelly McCrimmon. it's a feel-good story. That's what yeah. this felt like to
2: me. So uh, I, I don't think you'd have to worry about him on your fantasy team, Luke, is what right. I'm
0: trying to say. Is that who they're going to trade, the Penguins, for, uh, for, Matt Murray? for a goalie? Yeah. Also, should we clarify, because we, uh, we had Carl right into the show. Did you guys all get Carl? Yes, I uh, yeah, I've been ch- ch- chatting back, back and forth yeah. with him a little bit. Okay. I appreciated Jamie's response. So. He, he brought up some great points, but I just want to clarify one thing on the uh, the goaltending situation. I don't think Vegas is going to take Flurry if he was available in the draft. I just think they will definitely take Murray if he's available.
1: They the could draft. take, like, six goalies.
0: There are some good ones out there. Scott Darling, I believe, is a free agent, though, isn't he? Isn't he an unrestricted free agent? You're I'm, the Blackhawks fan I'm here. I'm
1: to go back to that. Carl brought Give up uh, Philip Grubauer, Grubauer
0: which, which I didn't yep. think about. No, no. Yep. I, I, you wouldn't take him over Matt Murray. No,
1: but if, if
2: Flurry gets traded for a box of jelly beans and. Yes, yeah, Scott Darling's a one stake in 7-11, then yeah, you, you would take Grubauer and would be your second pick.
0: If Fleury will not, there's no way Flurry could be in the expansion draft, but if he was, do you even think Vegas would take him? I, there's a lot of good goalies no. out there. I, I don't know that you would. No. I don't know why you would. Not unless you're going to flip him. Which, obviously, is the hardest thing in the world to do,
1: apparently. So <laughs> yes, serious. Maybe
0: you would want to do that. Okay, I'm just going to say a name, and I'm going to let you go, Craig. Oh. All right? To be fair, you suggested I bring this up so you could well, go. Well, it's, it's disgusting. This is like a give and go. You're passing me the puck. I want nothing to do with this puck, so I'm passing it back to you. Artemi Panarin, mm. the bread man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The floor is yours.
1: Well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone's aware by now that he... W- made an appearance on a Russian TV show, what, 2012, 2013,
0: was it? I think it was 2012, so five years ago.
1: Yeah. So he was 20 then, so yeah. not, this is never excusable, but different. He was, he was old enough to know better. Yeah, it's like uh, you date. It was Yaros, his uh, then-teammate, Yaroslav Tolyakov. Mm, of course. You all know that. What name. administrative position name. does that guy own? Right. They were asking each other silly questions, and Panarin was asked one thing he would never do, and he said, I'd never sleep with a black woman. Well, that was obviously created a firestorm around the Blackhawks, and you know what's coming from Chicago sports fans now. It's a distraction. It's overblown. What advice might Patrick Kane be giving him for going through this sort of idiocy? Oh boy. None of that matters. Let's just worry about yet another example of racism or sexism running throughout sports. What a moronic thing to say! And oh, you needed to be reminded. You need to come back to this later and say, "Yeah, that was an insensitive remark. Why didn't that occur to you in the first place?" Or like when you had a camera that it was a disgusting base. thing to say.
0: When is it ever? <laughs> when is it ever a good idea to say? It, no, it's it's never, never a good idea. idea to say, it's never the, acceptable. It's the
2: brashness of doing it on camera too. There's just add right. an added element of like how stupid, or how just completely oblivious to either knowing what the situation is or not caring which I think would be even worse prob- to, do, probably it on, it to is. do
0: something like that on camera Are, you, are you, I'm assuming you're trying to get a laugh is that
1: if, if you somehow found that funny I'm not no. sure I, I, I don't run in circles where that's considered funny no. so I don't feel like I don't know. a lot of people do no. anymore yeah.
0: but so I guess if you want to if you're I don't, I don't even know if it's, it's even worth talking about it as a
1: hockey. Well, story. I just—I just, mean, pe- the black people, people have at least commended the Blackhawks for denouncing it immediately and for him for apologizing immediately. Yeah, great. So they have a good PR department. Who cares? Yeah. This is gonna. This is gonna dog him throughout the playoffs now, and oh, it yeah. should.
0: It should. It really probably should follow him throughout his career. Honestly. Yeah.
1: Just like Kane's. Well, again, exonerated in the, in the court of law, but. Still in that situation yeah. and still have questions.
0: Yeah, and you know, Panarin's from a different country and he doesn't have the fan base that Patrick Kane has. Not, the, you know, not
1: He had a really he had a growing stuff. fan base and he was the darling of that city and he yeah. probably will remain the darling of that city with a, a bunch of idiots. But it was disgusting. It's disgusting and it just I mean when you look at the Blackhawks now and you have those two guys yeah. flanking Artem Anisimov, anytime that line steps on the ice now, I expect them to be booed.
0: Yeah. You know, it, the one thing I'll say in fairness to the Blackhawks, he wasn't a Blackhawk when he said this. This was years and years ago, which, you know... I I'm think not sure if that actually makes that better. Well, because you're saying they should have known better when they signed him?
2: Well, I mean, I don't think... Look, I'm not naive enough to think any sports team would they'd use that as a reason not to sign a highly talented athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just I, that's the world we live in.
1: My greater yeah, but, point, too, than what I was saying originally is, it, look, these, both these guys got exposed for who they are. there's a whole lot more of this going on and I'll bet if you went through any locker room in the NHL you'd find examples and especially
2: ask any female reporter that's been in a major locker room and you you this is not this is not an isolated incident you don't
0: want to know because I've asked I've talked to we all have I'm sure numerous the stuff that they say uh, they see on social media directed to mm -hmm. them across mm -hmm. all sports too it's yeah, I used to think that across all
1: sports, across all teams. So let's—if mm-hmm. you're sitting out there thinking, "Oh, the Blackhawks are an awful team. My team isn't like that." Yeah, sorry, right. do a reality check because there probably are guys yeah. on your in your locker room yeah. or, or at least just the have same.
0: I, I don't want to paint yeah. that bad of a picture where every team has players like that right now. But there, it is unfortunately more than you would think before There's, you got into this. There individual. are there
2: are scales. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there, there this, are is, scales. this is there different. Are,
0: not yeah. not quite to this extent, but just.
2: Because yeah. there's some that are far worse than, than that that happened, and that
0: yeah. still happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, you would think it was something that happened back in, like, the 70s, but there wasn't social media. Social media is the problem. It really is, as much as... Well,
1: yeah. And or, again, yeah. there's going to be, like I said, there's going to be all kinds of stories now about how this impacts Panarin and the Blackhawks. I don't care. I don't care about any of that. Yeah, Seriously. Yeah. No, I mean... If it, if it affects him adversely, good.
0: It, it should affect him. Yes. He should... Be, he should feel bad about this. It shouldn't. He should have been feeling bad about this for the last five years, not just because yeah, of. Yeah, not because
1: of exactly because it came and, to and, life. and you
2: hope he reflects on it and says, "Wow, that's a place I never sh- ever want to be again." And I'm mm-hmm. never going to make I a mean, mistake. Might not be a, a good enough word there, but make that that choice to say those things or feel that way ever again. And then you hope that that's what happens. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there's, you know, yeah, I've seen th- even seen threads out there saying that this is cultural. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah well, uh, okay, Eve, Okay. maybe if it is more acceptable. Let's not pretend for a moment that that's not happening in the United States. Yeah. Let's not pretend yeah, for a moment.
2: Stop. Well, and I'm not going to sit here <laughs> and Give up it. the moral high ground. Again. It doesn't exist. You're not holding just, it. Just look at the other wing. That's all I'm saying. So
0: just... It, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> <That's> good point.
1: <laughs> it is quite the good line point. now.
0: Good And there's a lot of Russian players in the NHL who have never said anything this stupid. So that's the yeah. other angle of just painting it with the, oh, it's cultural brush. That's That's... About as lazy as you can get on the ice.
1: Yeah. By the way, the Blackhawks have won twelve of their last thirteen games and dominated Edmonton in the one loss. I think you were sitting next to me at that Coyotes game when we were watching that when they were out shooting them like two to one.
2: Yeah. Do you have any, It's like ten uh, nothing on shots. And down. Or
1: 10 I mean, one they, they, they played a, the, this uh, last set of games. They played back to back games in, against the Islanders. They were missing five players, five good players. Still won. They, they won the next night in the back-to-back in Nashville against a team that had been playing really well. Yeah. I don't know, man. The team is on fire right now. They're scary. And Minnesota, give Minnesota it. credit. They, yeah. You know, the Blackhawks actually moved ahead of them in the standings. They were, had the top spot in the West for one day. Minnesota wins two straight, so this is going to be an interesting race.
0: I think the, I think the Blackhawks will probably win the division at this point, which was never my I thought.
1: I'm oh. not sure. Minnesota, Minnesota still has two games in hand, I think it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Against Chicago yes, against yeah. That, hand, that, that, that is a very big game. I mean,
2: the history of these two teams have bothers me so much because I, I really like Minnesota. What they do defensively, what Dubnik's doing this season is just yeah. incredible, but I can't ignore the fact that they never beat the Blackhawks. Until they do, right? Until they happen. do. Do you have the Blues any? never beat the Blackhawks. Yeah, and they did last no, year. They did
1: because Brent Seabrook hit two posts.
0: How about this? What's more? Maybe likely? Maybe take something like that. Yeah. Yeah, something dramatic. The little like luck. That. Yep. A little you luck. need that, definitely that. What's more likely? You Minnesota beats the Blackhawks in a seven-game series, or Washington beats Pittsburgh in a seven-game series? Because I think Wa- what's Washington? 1-8? No, because I think Washington.
2: I think Washington is a ever so slightly a better team. Oh, I think much than better. Pittsburgh.
0: Oh, okay. I think that.
2: Yeah. So to me, that, that I know we have the narrative of they can never win, but that's a difference of talent level where. To me, I think Minnesota needs to beat Chicago in a seven-game series so we can just start every narrative. Yeah. the I, Boudreaux thing. We can throw out the, they can right. beat Chicago. We they need to we'll learn to win. Out.
1: They need to learn how to win. Yeah. Then again, so does Washington. I see it. Yeah. I can Boy, see Washington. Washington doesn't do it this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do feel that way. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's all on the line for, for like, Washington this min, year.
2: If Minnesota loses in the first round, it would be, go on, it'd be awful. But no. I don't think I would bury them. If if
0: Washington loses early, I... Well, what's early? If Minnesota loses in the first or second round again, this is what they do every year, right? So at a certain point, you're going
1: to... Yeah, if you win the West and then you get bumped in the second round, it just, yeah, it feels hollow.
0: Because then at a certain point, Minnesota is better this year than they were last year. We all agree with that. And If they don't go any further in the playoffs, then what do you really... Then you feel like you need to change something in the playoffs again. I mean, look, Washington last year... We said this on this show right after it happened, after they lost to Pittsburgh, and I was gleeful and happy. I remember saying specifically on the show, if Washington's smart, they won't change anything because they had the team to do it. It just didn't work out. You're playing a game on ice with a puck. There's, you know, one bounce goes the wrong way or whatever. You're playing a an eventual Stanley Cup champion. Don't blow up what you're doing. If Minnesota loses to Chicago in the second round of the playoffs again, I think they're going to make some sort of big change.
1: And I, I, you, you see them making a big change. I, I, I'm not sure if they will. Well, if uh, you
0: don't, I don't see them beating Chicago next year in the playoffs.
1: So, and that's and that's. The th- I was going to go there because y- you look at Minnesota. They we, we just talked about how many great prospects they have. They have a great system, so they should be good, conceivably for a long yeah, time. Uh, now, I don't know how long Eric Stahl's is going to be good in playing at this level. That's important. Yeah, it's been a key, maybe oh, yeah. the biggest key that and Boudreau to turning them around, but. When you look at Chicago, you think, okay, eventually this team's going to age. Well, well Taves and Kane are still in their prime. Maybe yeah. you worry about that blue line a little bit, but then you read, Blackhawks have like half a dozen prospects averaging like a point a game. Yeah. So yeah. And, and, and Maxime be Shalunov may come next yeah. year. From I mean, they just keep restocking it.
2: Yeah, and also, they might be getting older, but I'll worry about that in three or four or five years. Right. They're not 35, 36 right now. I mean, it's...
0: The concern with them is that you have so much money tied up in certain guys that is, you know, kind of what you were saying a couple weeks ago, Craig. Jonathan Taves needs to play like a ten point five million dollar player. So while he gets older, he might still be really good, but is he worth that much of your salary cap? Right. That's the concern. down the line, yeah. Yeah. But, but
1: okay, so it, it's actually nine prospects averaging a point a game in their respective league oh, for the Blackhawks. Nine. nine. And,
0: and generally, as we've seen this year, when those guys come up, a couple of a couple of them almost play better because you're playing with Jonathan Taves. If they yeah. come up
1: to the Blackhawks they're probably going to be good because what happens with this team too, by the way, if, if you're looking to make a trade with the Blackhawks, if you trade for one of their prospects that hasn't cracked the roster, you've just made a mistake because the Blackhawks know already that he's not going to be an NHL player and they know they're ready to move him. Yeah. Don't do it. It's yeah. like
0: trading for Jimmy Garoppolo in, in the NFL or a yeah. Patriots back. Don't expect that he's going to be as good on your team as he was under Bill Belichick.
1: Plus they'll be
2: fine because they'll use the, the post-2021 lockout compliance buyout on Jonathan Tays and... There you go. They'll be fine.
0: I like it when Jamie looks four years into the future for us and kind of gives us some Is that definitive. a thing?
2: I don't know if 2020 is right? a thing, but it's, it's going to be a thing. They will lock out it again. Will they will get compliance buyouts to make up for all the mistakes like they usually do. And uh, <laughs> they being general
0: managers. Teams. The collective they. The government. Yeah, the collective they. Can I, um, can I give a shameless plug to something Craig wrote that I haven't read yet? Did you write your story on the uh, on playoff matchups you would least like to see in the first round? Yes, I did. Okay. You guys both said Boston-Ottawa, correct? Wasn't that your main one?
1: Yeah.
2: I was not honest. inspired by that series at all. Not even a little well, bit. I'm yeah. not
0: either, but aren't you kind of interested in seeing Brad Marchand and Alex Burrows fight no, each other for seven games? Just not anger really. Each other. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Calgary-Chicago is the one that I posed to you guys because I just think it would be a...
1: Actually, my, my no thank you was Ottawa-Florida. That was oh, the top of my okay. list.
0: Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to see Buffalo, Carolina in the first round. Okay. Uh, Calgary-Chicago, as I told you, I don't think that series even goes four games. I used your line, actually. Oh, I stole it. Nice. See? Yeah. As,
1: as a colleague noted. Oh, I'm a colleague. As a colleague. You like wow. being a colleague?
0: It's the highest praise I've ever gotten, yeah. certainly from Craig or Jamie. But we should say Calgary hasn't lost a game in like a month. Yeah. What's going on there?
1: No, I think they're feeling the pressure of their general manager not having a contract. So. Yes. <laughs>
0: proper motivation to really get them <laughs> seven
1: good. straight games at uh, yeah and, and if you look at it they're, they're getting balanced scoring everybody's scoring for that team yeah. right now so it's an ideal situation you're not reliant on one line carrying you or you know even two lines they're getting production up and down the lineup and that's that's where you want to be going into the postseason too
0: who's their mvp so far
1: you have a thought on this, so why don't you go I ahead? I do. You're I'm just setting up someone. yourself. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll That's, just throw it right back to you. It was me chipping it's the puck, puck off that the I ball don't want. to myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's not even a give and go. It's just me passing to myself. Yeah. Uh, I know that Johnny Gaudreau is coming on, and he's the reason they've won seven in a row, and Sean Monaghan's picked it up. Michael Backlund still leads the team in points. He's one goal behind Sean Monaghan for the team leading goals. We were talking off the air, and you're right, he's not going to win the Selkie, but he's doing Selkie-like things this year. I think he kept them – he was a major reason they hung around when Johnny Gaudreau was doing nothing at the start of this year. If the season ended right now, he'd be my Calgary Flames MVP. Now, if they end up getting second place in the Pacific, which Which is is very possible. Absolutely. And Gaudreau just continues on this tear he's on, then maybe you give it to Gaudreau. But I will point out, Johnny Gaudreau has 13 goals this year. It's not like he's running wild in the goal-scoring department. So whether he's the team MVP or not, he's a major reason they're still in this. And not just still in it, they're way into that first wild card spot, and very close to taking over third in the Pacific or second in the Pacific.
1: Which is a perfect segue into discussing these great playoff races that we're seeing.
0: Yes, it is. Calgary, Edmonton in the first round matchup. Would you like to watch that? <laughs> Thanks
1: for validating me. Can you say that again? I just want to you know, know, now I feel like it's, okay. it's
0: being all sort of staged.
1: Yeah. An- what's with Anaheim,
0: Chicago in the first round? Is that interesting? Uh,
1: yeah, actually, I, I actually don't have any fear.
0: Antoine Vermette on the other side, scoring game winners he's not suspended. Well, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't do
1: that in the early rounds. So neither does Anderson. Shows up later. No, I, well, let's start in the Pacific Division then. Right. Since you were mentioning Calgary and right now you look at the, the point spread between Edmonton who's in second place, Anaheim in third, and Calgary right now sitting in the first wild card spot, it's two points. So anything can change there. I think we're all in agreement that San Jose is going to win this division. Mm-hmm. Yes. They've been the best team all season, but... I don't know what's going to happen here. It's it. And there's no one. Well, LA's in this race too. By the way, they're they're falling off a little bit. They're probably more looking at a wild card spot at this point. But those three teams, it's really hard to tell the order. And, and when you think about playoff matchups, it's it's a fascinating combination of things that we could see there, including the battle of Alberta, which I, I, I think I'd see, like to see most. That's what I want to see. Yeah,
2: I want to yeah. see a battle of Alberta.
1: I want to see all those all that young talent on the ice
2: at the same time. One of those teams get into the second round to lose to San Jose.
1: So that takes Calgary jumping Anaheim. (laughs) Which I kind of think
0: is going to happen. It feels like it. I'm just so uninspired by Anaheim this year. I think they're getting by, and John Gibson's been hurt. I'm assuming he's coming back here at some point. They're getting by on on being a good team that has experience, and so maybe along those lines they get better when we get closer to the playoffs. But they're just, Edmonton's on the way up. Calgary's on the way up. San Jose's clearly better than Anaheim. And then there's just Anaheim.
2: Well, it helps they never lose at home. That, I, mean, that that's, I mean, that's been the big thing is it, it going, right. going to the Honda Center. It's, they're a very tough team
1: to beat. Yeah. If you had to and guess they've got a lot of OT points. Mm-hmm.
0: Where Connor McDavid ranks in the NHL in terms of just goals, what would your number be?
2: Just
1: goals? Just
2: goals. 10th?
0: 31st. Yes. Wow. This is my other knock on him for MVP. And again, he's going to win five, six MVPs in his career. But. Brett Burns has more goals, and he's a defenseman. That should mean something. I understand Connor McDavid has 52 assists, and that's a big deal. And How many of those are finalists?
1: second assists? There, there is
2: a... I don't I don't. I don't know if NHL.com like, has it anymore since they screwed everything up, but... ESPN.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they but they did uh, have... No, we just throw in the there. assists.
2: They're just the assists are in a variety we'll of we just ones. give you the assists. We're not going to tell you to yeah, set up the goal was, by, there was by there was giving you Yes. assists. There's a place where you can easily look up primary and secondary assists. Yes. The analysis? reason I
1: ask that, and you guys know this from being in NHL buildings, second assists are... They're dicey things in the <laughs> NHL. Sometimes
2: HL. they're great. It's not quite hits. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, they, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes yes. the guy actually touched the puck right mm-hmm. before the player who set up the goal. Sometimes not so much. Sometimes second assists get added. So I'd love to see that stat, actually. I'd love to see who's leading. They should have a leader for second assists.
0: They should. I would guess most of McDavid's are probably primary assists based on how I've seen Probably. But I just found that interesting that, again, I know I've railed on this for the last couple of weeks, but the fact that people have decided it's a foregone conclusion he wins the Hart Trophy and he's 31st in the NHL in goals is a little interesting to me.
1: It goes back to that argument of what does Edmonton look like if Connor McDavid's not on this team, and the answer is they're a tire fire. But They're a terrible team.
0: Last year, Patrick Kane wins. I think we all agree he should have won. Chicago stole playoff team without him True. last year. True. So 32
1: I'm, of 52. 32 of uh, 52, our okay. second? Our primary. Our primary, Okay. okay. That's a good percentage. Yeah.
0: I'm not ripping McDavid, but still not my MVP this year.
1: Luke hates Connor McDavid, yeah. Actually, it's the latest. He he's is replaced my, Toronto.
0: He is actually my favorite player in the league to watch. Okay. So
1: take that, Craig. But you don't think he should win MVP. You think Brent Burns should. Now, there's a strong argument there. Again, that's, that's what I'm hearing from people, from voters. When they look at this, they look at, first of all, Brent Burns is going to win the Norris. And I think, yeah. wrongly yeah. so, people say, well, he's already got his award. Now let's vote. For the MVP, which means the best forward. <laughs> Again, we should add another award, call it the Wayne Gretzky Trophy for the best forward, and then make the MVP open to all positions, oh, yeah. which it should be.
0: We'd probably have Crosby above McDavid for best yeah. forward this year.
1: Fun fact: McDavid, or McDavid leads
2: the entire league in primary assists. Look at that.
0: Jamie found the primary assist See? stat page.
2: Second, Michael Granlund of Minnesota. Look
1: at
2: that. He's been terrific. Henrik Zetterberg, third, because of, of course. Man. Oh, because Blaschel said they're going to make the playoffs because of Henry Zetterberg. Remember? But Did you hear about that? Uh, I was was like, he direct quote. This year? Direct
0: quote. Oh, I know something we, we don't have on the list, but go ahead and say what you're going to say, Craig. We have something else we need to talk about.
1: Mm. What I was going to say is, it, it, to me, it's a two-person race at this point. I don't even think Crosby's in the conversation from the people I've talked to, which is interesting to me because... He's tops in points per game, if I'm not mistaken, isn't he? He's
0: played less games. Yeah. He's got more goals than anybody in the NHL. It's almost like oh, he
1: won it last year, so
0: that's what it is. Yeah, that's absolutely because he's playing really good. Look, goals better than McDavid. Team better than McDavid. Defense better than McDavid. Yep. The only things he's missing is he doesn't have the assists, and he's not named Connor McDavid. So,
1: what's your definition of MVP? I guess is the question. If yeah. people just defined by what would this team look like without him. I, and that's that's the part that troubles me too, is because I th- yeah. pe- think people fit, it. yeah, they fit the definition to who they want to vote for that season.
0: Yep. That's, that's my issue. Yep. That, my issue is absolutely that people, because again, what I'm hearing is it's already a foregone conclusion. We're three quarters of the way through the season. If you're really talking about these three guys as finalists, this should be decided on the last day of the year. Not, well, but he's on Edmonton, and it's fun, so he wins.
1: So yeah, but and if Edmonton gets in the playoffs too, right? They break the ten year drought. That's another yeah, big thing. But that's so, why he's a finalist. Right, that's it's, why he's a finalist. That it's doesn't mean be given he should win. What if he ends up what if Edmonton ends up the wild card? I still think I think
2: yeah. any scenario in which he stays healthy the rest of the year and they make the playoffs, he's going to win All, the MVP.
1: Every yeah, every Canadian writer is voting for Connor McDavid.
0: So Brent Burns playing defense has more goals than him. San Jose would not be nearly as good as they are without Brent Burns. That's probably a wild card team without Brent Burns, honestly. And he's near him in assists, and we're still giving it to McDavid.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just to fulfill the narrative of he's mm-hmm. here, he's arrived. Right. Okay. Cool. So then why do we play these games out? I don't know. Uh, where am I going after this? Calgary. Hmm. Did we, we didn't really get into Calgary that much. We just talked about
1: backwood. Yeah, we were talking about the division races, so... I just I don't know if there's anything more to say on the Pacific other than there are three teams, and we have no idea what position those three teams are going to finish in yet. San Jose is winning this division, but I really want to see Calgary-Edmonton more than I want to see Anaheim play either one of those teams. Yes,
0: I'm with you on that. The only reason I'd want to see Anaheim-Edmonton is because I could drive over to Anaheim and watch McDavid yeah. in the playoffs for
1: the first time. So one more stat before I
2: get off the primary assist thing, oh just boy. to make Craig happy. Who has the but least amount? Fewer than half of Eric Carlson's assists are primary. Oh, boy. Oh It's boy. Just, just to... Make Craig feel better. Because he's focusing
1: Bata? on defense more this year. He actually is. What
0: a tied for 11th in primary assists.
1: Mm-hmm. Look at that. And shootout master.
0: <laughs> uh, L.A. or St. Louis is missing the playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm. We agree on this now. Yeah. We're yeah. saying Calgary's in. You ending. know, I, I kept, I was looking at I'm like Am I going to get sucked in again? Are they going to? And then, you know, I know it's San Jose, but they're at home. You just got a big win. You need to win your home games, and then you, you go ahead and lose that game. Winnipeg does this all the time. They just can't get on enough of a run. They can't sustain consistency enough to get themselves they're, into a playoff position. They have got 209 goals this year.
0: But they've scored 200. Only one team in the West has more goals than them. And then, like, everybody in the East has more goals than them. But only one team in the West has scored more goals than They're, they're
1: just the not good enough at home to make the playoffs. They're a mediocre home team. But you, if they make the
0: playoffs, they take Chicago wow. out in the first round. <laughs>
1: It's, it was scary what they did in Chicago early in the season, yeah. but Blackhawks did the beat them the last time years. they played. There are only three teams in the West that
2: don't have a winning record at home: Colorado, Arizona, and Winnipeg. And that's why they're not going to make the playoffs. Yep.
0: With Winnipeg, it's just goaltending, correct? That I mean, are they firing Paul That's their, the that's, their big, that's
2: their biggest thing. Yeah.
0: They've got so many offensive pieces, and to not make the playoffs is they're like the. But again,
1: why are you so bad at home? Why I, I yeah, don't get I don't, that. Yeah. They're a pretty good road team. I mean. All things being considered, yeah, I mean, if you're one done. game under NHL 500 on the road, that's probably enough to, to get you yeah. in the playoffs at least. But they're a 500 team at home.
0: I want to say they're going to make it next year and they're like building towards it, but they kind of are what they are at this point.
1: Yeah, it feels that way.
0: Over in the How east, much better can Patrick
1: Line get? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is he going to score 60 goals? Are, are they, are they a, f- a flurry team? That's
0: interesting. A flurry team. I like that.
1: Is Calgary a flurry team? You just want to hear Flurry's going somewhere.
0: Well, yeah, I do. I well, yeah. He's going somewhere. There's um, that. Calgary to me has always made the most sense, but actually, because none of Calgary's goalies are signed after this year. Nope. But to me, Flurry fits on a team that's trying to get into the playoffs, and that's Winnipeg. I don't know. Connor Hellebuck hasn't been that great this year. No, he is not. We'll see. Uh, over in the East, this is what I feel like we need to talk to before we get into the playoff race. Bill Peters just going off on Eddie Lack huh. in Carolina last week. Uh, that
1: was, you know, he made my day, though, because I had to write a story on Carolina that night. And oh, he, was, he was so good in the postgame scrum, first of all, saying, not my proudest moment. So yes. acknowledging that, I probably went a little too harsh on them. But then he recounted the, the story of them flying to Arizona. So they he, he arrives at the airport, and he said he was thinking about it on the way there. And who pulls into the space right next to him but Eddie Lack? Seriously? <laughs>
0: That's awkward. So
1: dude. they're walking toward the plane talking about it. So he got, he got to talk it out before they even got to the yeah. plane. I mean, when you, when you talk to Eddie Lack when he got to Arizona, it didn't sound like maybe everything was resolved yet. Because <laughs> yeah, he, so he really you didn't want way. to talk about it. No. But and he said, I have so many positive people in front of me. The implication being, not that guy. <laughs> but
0: you don't often hear your own coach publicly telling everybody you're the 60th best goalie in a 30-team league.
1: Right. Yeah. And then
2: make a not like Cam Moore's been much better. Expletive be save,
0: no. yeah. I, we were trying wow. to paraphrase it. I was trying to paraphrase it on the pregame show that night because the Coyotes played Carolina, home and home. And I'm sitting there thinking, like I'm paraphrasing this and I'm making it sound better than it was. The like Bill Peters just like, went off. You lit yeah, him right?
1: up. You, you didn't have to read up. between any lines. Right. No. no. And that—that's what you know. It cracked me up because that same day, Dave Tippett after that game points out that. Anthony D'Angelo had no business being yeah. where he was on the game-winning goal, which <laughs> any any coach or anybody who understands the game would would agree with. Yeah, what, what yeah. the heck were you doing? As you're in that falling situation?
2: down the, uh, the wrong side of the other blue line, right?
1: you just—it was just a terrible decision that you don't make. You have to fall back in that situation yeah. with what's happening. But he didn't recognize it. I, I feel like he but would tell you that, that, that was considered ripping his player, saying he had no business being where he was. No, that's just pointing out tactically that he made a mistake. Yeah, and I'm then cool. you look at what. People did to his backup goalie. That's criticizing your. That's calling your guy out publicly. That's unbelievable that a coach yeah. would do that in this day and age.
0: Did you think we were going to see him on Sunday? When I, I, he made those comments on Friday, I know they're playing the same team back to back games, not back to back nights, but home and home. Did I expect mean, to see Eddie Lack? Yeah, I expect to see Eddie Lack like late March.
1: Here, here here's a funny thing. I, I asked Ricky Olchek, the uh, assistant GM of the Canes, who was going to be in goal, and it was Cam Ward, according to him, before they left. That conversation on the tarmac is probably Bill Peters tossing him a bone, like, "Wow, I really threw you under the bus. Hey, we're gonna play you in the, this next game." That's what it felt like yeah. to me.
0: Okay, now flip well, if
2: side. I can't sit him twice in a row after saying that, I
1: can't. <laughs> you know, I, I need to make some concession to this guy because I went way too harsh on him. I'm gonna give him a chance to play. And oh, by the way, it's you know, it's in Arizona. Yeah. So what if so. the
0: Coyotes win that game like four two though? Is that, is that just Well, me? after
1: that puck trickled through his legs that, that he failed to squeeze, I was like, uh oh. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, you're waiting for the <laughs> right. Yeah, for the floodgates to open. If they had, I, I don't know like what would played out. We've
0: seen him left on the tarmac, leaving, <laughs> <or> like <laughs> Lane Kiffin or something. Maybe ELC. so. <laughs> uh, Eastern Conference playoff picture. It is yeah. not a given that Toronto makes it. In. How about if I ask you this right now? Over under. What's the number I should put this at? Four Canadian teams make the playoffs. Are you taking the over or the under?
1: Um, I like Montreal and Ottawa. In. Uh, Edmonton's going to be in, and Calgary's in. So I'm saying oh, it has to be... Yeah, it's a push, because Winnipeg's not getting in. Vancouver's out. Vancouver's out. it's
0: really just Toronto at this point. We may see... We're definitely seeing four Canadian teams in the playoffs a year after not seeing any. And we may see five. Toronto's not out. No, they're not out, but they're
1: not playing very well right now. And that's that's telling to me. This is a young team. Other teams have turned it up a notch. They're playing basically playoff hockey right now, where pre-playoff hockey is. Shane Doan calls it, and they haven't been able to match. They're not playing well right now, and they've fallen out of the playoff picture. Now, granted, yeah. they got to catch the Islanders. So it's back. still possible because it's the Islanders.
0: But Tampa Bay is one point back of that. That's yeah, true Tam, as well. Tampa, I feel like Tampa Bay is going to do this. Florida's right
1: there. I, I, like Tampa going to even in. though they lost the other night, I still feel like Tampa Bay is going to sneak in there.
0: Can we talk about a potential Washington-Tampa Bay uh, match?
1: That'd be so.
2: I mean, I love apologies it. to Carl, love it. but that'd be so fun for the rest of us that don't have a rooting interest.
0: That would be the series I was watching closer than any. By the I, way, are we sure
2: the cr- Islanders need to like actually find another coach? Can they just let Doug Waite and company just continue this path? Why would you mess with this now? Well, it
0: is the Islanders, so whatever they do is going to be the opposite of what you think they should do, right? they're
1: going to have John Tavares be a player coach. Yeah, I mean, coaching's not the problem there. Yeah, no. Coaching is not the problem there. The problem is the drop-off from John Tavares to to everything else.
2: Well, it's funny you mention that because we were talking in the office the other day. We were trying to come up with each sports comparison. We were talking about Mike Trout and the sports, the biggest drop between a team's number one player talent-wise and their number two player. And on the NHL, the the consensus that we came to was the Islanders. It's got to be.
1: Might From be. Tavares I mean, down maybe to the well, second. What, I I mean, you'd have to think of, team, like, look at Edmonton, I guess. With, Edmonton, with a maybe. a great team like McDavid, a uh, player like McDavid. But they have they have some really good players.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, so Edmonton was, was thought of as well. I would go with the Islanders. I think the Islanders was, was the pick there. We've
0: had this conversation. Craig and I have had this conversation before. It's, is he the most wasted talent in the NHL? Ooh. But I, I'll throw one other name out there, and I, I agree with you. It's probably Tavares. Corey Schneider is probably number two.
1: Mm. Yeah, yes, depressing situation. Yeah, I mean that teams Although at least a more team. Although there was one other good player on that team. Yeah, yeah that's true. Thanks, thanks to Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah.
0: So maybe Edmonton can trade Leon Dryside to the Islanders for Nick Letty. A third pairing. Oh, oh okay. yeah, somebody worse than Nick Letty.
1: Yeah, Nick Letty's too good. Yeah, I it's take good Nick Letty. Yeah. I New mean, Dryside to, to, to Phoenix defenseman. for.
0: Let's see, he was a good uh, Kyle Wood. Kyle, there you Kyle go. Wood they need a right-handed, right-handed defenseman up there. Yeah, yeah, Our yeah. perpetual trade.
1: chip. Sorry, Kyle.
0: Once he plays a game here, it will be less inclined to trade. Montreal and Ottawa, you, do you think Montreal wins this division? I Ottawa
1: do. I, I, and- I still think Montreal wins yeah. it. I think they've righted the ship, actually. and I think they're playing pretty good hockey now, and I think they will win this division. But I, th- I think Ottawa's going to get in. What What intrigues me is what happens after that. Is is Toronto going to sneak in? Is Boston, you know, everybody's cup favorite, the Boston Bruins, <laughs> are they going to get in? They're playing pretty good hockey lately. They are.
0: I think they're in. I think they're going to be in. They're not So you
1: think the the top three stays as is? That's sort of how I feel it's going to play out.
2: I think the Rangers have a nice, cushy path to the cup final right now.
0: Yeah, because how would that work? They would go through Montreal. Montreal and
2: the winner of Ottawa-Boston. Yeah. I'll take my chances on that over trying to go through Columbus and Washington or Columbus and Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh and Washington or whatever combination they'd have to go through if they win a few more games here. Just chill. You're Just chill for a little bit here. So
1: we'll get to the conference finals, and then we'll sign Kevin Shattenkirk in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
0: If you're Pittsburgh or Columbus, you're better off dropping. They're both two points ahead of the Rangers. I, would you rather play each other? Would you rather play Montreal? I mean, you have to. I, I mean, I'd you, rather you play you Montreal even. Like that well, no, you can. Can. Montreal's I
1: mean. won five straight games. They're playing really well. And, and by the way, Carey Price is playing extremely yeah. well again lately. So that's, that's a concern. Kind
2: of, I kind of would want to play Columbus. I'm not going to lie. Yep. Columbus, yeah. I'd still rather play Columbus than Montreal right now. Columbus, yeah. Pittsburgh. It's a lack
1: of experience, right? Well,
0: yeah. But if you're Columbus, would you rather play Montreal or Pittsburgh?
1: Montreal, without question. Montreal, about, without question. Like, than I, Pittsburgh, I, I, I mean, I, yeah. this, it's a short list of teams that, you know, I'd rather play, face the Penguins then.
2: Yeah, I'd kind of rather go on the road for a seven-game or against Montreal than be, be at home even for seven games against Pittsburgh.
0: That series is going to be a bloodbath because Columbus definitely, not quite to the extent of Philadelphia a couple years ago, but for the most part, they play their best hockey against Pittsburgh. Like, they have it... I feel like John Tortorella has posters of the Penguins players up in the locker room and that's like their target. And if they could take out Pittsburgh in round one and win their first playoff series, even if they lost to Washington in four games in the next round, that would, be, that would make their season. That's, does, that's a potentially great series. How is that division going to shake out, by the way? It's, it's
1: Other Washington. than Washington winning it.
0: And then the next three teams are separated by two points. Same thing,
1: yeah. Same thing as the Pacific. Yeah. Could flip-flop a number of ways.
0: So good luck figuring that out.
1: Who, who makes it, Toronto or the Islanders? or We also no, Tampa, Tampa Bay. I have think Tampa. Tampa Bay. So Toronto and the Islanders both miss, and Florida misses. And then Toronto gets the first. And game. Philadelphia misses, by the way, too. I mean, we talked about that last week. Yeah, they don't, uh,
0: they don't inspire a lot of confidence. Nope. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to ask you about the expansion draft.
1: What would you like to know?
0: Just your thoughts on expansion. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the notes. I feel like you have things you want to tell us about the... My
1: thoughts think? on expansion, I'd well, like to see Seattle, okay. uh, San Diego. How come nobody ever talks about San Diego? Is it just because it's an awful sports market?
0: But they don't uh, have an NFL team now, though. I so. know.
1: Yeah, they, don't the, they don't have much else to do except, you know, the weather and the, the shops beach, and the beach and the, the gasland district. And the so Sioux you guys know and and if, if they get an NHL team, I'm, I'm applying for that job immediately. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Okay, we're we're going to move on. Within, move within, within one Fendak minute, my application will be in. You can Good.
0: still, you'll drive back to the podcast though, right? No, just we'll move just move
1: to Fanatic
2: headquarters. to there you just, go. We'll just take a, get a building that works out on the beach. I could yeah.
0: drive back 41 times a year for the Coyotes. We could do the road games from San Seriously, Diego. Seriously, San Diego
1: would be an unbelievable oh. place.
0: And they only have one pro sports team. Now. You know, right? And they right. really. And they support the Gulls. They do. They they they're cheap. Do. Up to well, and including probably. Adam Jones, Baltimore Royals outfielder.
1: Maybe that's it. Maybe San Diego just needs a hockey team. They yeah. love hockey there. It's the solution just to some problems. But I guess. Call me Gary Bettman
0: because I need to be more specific if I want to get actual answers from you. How do you feel the expansion draft is going to affect trades immediately following the Stanley Cup this year?
1: Ooh, it's going... There, there's... As John Chayka, the general manager for the Coyotes, said, half his calls on trade deadline day were about expansion possibilities, about deals. So I think it's playing a huge role this year. And when you look at it... I mean, obviously Vegas is the team that's influencing everybody. Nobody knows what they're going to do right now. You can, you can sort of have a feel, but you... See, the, the, thing, the thing about the expansion draft, in a lot of ways, is just like the draft. There's, there's a lot of smoke screens being sent. So people lie at this time of year. They, they always lie around these Lies, sorts of events. Yes. So if you think you have a handle on things, don't be so certain. But the Coyotes are going to be a major player in this because they have, as I wrote today for us. <laughs> they they uh,
2: have plenty of – they have they all have, the cap space in the world. They, they don't have, need to keep anybody.
1: They have all these assets in draft picks, young players, and – they have protection slots available yeah. they need so to keep, like three players you know you don't want to lose that guy for nothing Columbus, Minnesota, et cetera. yeah let's make a deal. it's a great we, spot we for can be we can give you something for that asset and we have the protection slots maybe two heck maybe three available to take on players if, if the uh, situation is right. I,
2: what, I doubt this will happen but I do wonder if in that scenario and this is just I don't know want if the league would even entertain this at all. But you know how you, a lot of times in fantasy drafts and you're Keeper League and you have, let's say, you can keep five players, but you have six players you want to keep. But there's somebody in your league that has an open slot. Yes. So you trade them basically that player and a draft pick so then they'll give you that player back when the season starts.
0: Ooh, I never – I don't uh, know if uh, the league will, plays, will entertain anything like that. That
2: would be very interesting to me. If, hey, you have an open spot – you will hold him and protect him for us.
0: Here is an asset you get to keep in return for that if you just trade him back to us after. So like a storage fee, basically. See, I thought you were going to say you, have, you can keep five guys and you have six. So you package two B-plus players and try and get one well, A-plus player Maybe, back. like,
2: let's say you can't get Vegas to agree to a deal. Again, this is completely probably a, an idea that can't happen or the league would just lose their minds. Or other GMs would lose their minds. But why can't Pittsburgh trade Matt Murray in the first-round pick to the Coyotes? And then the Coders can trade Matt Murray right back after the expansion draft.
0: It's interesting. How about this that I texted I thought was a brilliant idea to the two of you, and Craig made a comment about how it was a good question I could ask my therapist when the Penguins lose Matt Murray, so I didn't really get an answer. But if you're Pittsburgh and you can't trade Flurry and you know Vegas is going to take Murray, why not just pull the self-destruct button and pull M- and trade Matt Murray and get yeah. something for him? Why wouldn't you do that, right? Instead yeah. of just losing one of if your If you best think players, you're going to lose him, you should absolutely trade yeah. him. Like Matt Murray, if if I'm Jim Rutherford, there's no way he ends up on Vegas. If I can't keep him on my team, you don't get to have him, basically. Because somebody And, and will you use that leverage
2: with Vegas too. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to trade him right now to Calgary for their first right. round pick. Give me your first round pick.
1: Or Dallas, or
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I'm. How many goalies can Dallas pay though?
0: Well, Murray's not making that much. Yeah, isn't he making? Th- isn't he like three million on the cap?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's so going to for Dallas. They're gonna have eight, eight and a half million dollars tied up in goaltending in Dallas for one season. But you've solved your goalie
0: problem. <laughs> yes. For the but yeah, I, I,
1: mean, I think you, I might you do it for one it. season. Then you maybe try and just maybe buy out one of those other goaltenders yeah. or figure out something.
0: I would dare say we're as we're trying to come up with three teams that might trade for Flurry twenty three teams would make offers from Murray or at least
1: be interested yeah. in them. Mm-hmm. So almost yeah. I, that, that part of this fascinates me as much as anything. I, I don't feel like I have a handle on what you can and can't do yeah. with what, all these side what's deals.
2: Spoken and what's unspoken that you can and Does can't Does
1: the do NHL? Too. Are there regulations in place? I, I haven't seen enough of that framework to know, okay, you can do I feel like it's the Wild West. Yeah. Also,
2: how often is it gonna be an expansion draft? Maybe you don't ask, you just do. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We're not doing this. Oh, okay, we can't do this the next expansion okay. draft. Oh shucks. Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. a really I mean uh, unless there's specific written rule, why couldn't they do? It? I mean, goalie might be a bad example because he's going to keep one. But the Cardis, you know, if it's a forward that they're afraid of losing, yeah, the Cardis have 87 free forward spots that they can hold. Yeah, they, can we think get an a-, a, fr- a free asset for literally holding a player for
1: one day?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, that, feel like I mean that. that'd be.
1: It, it sounds it, like it's skirting the rules. It that feels, feels like, like it is. Is there something in but, place to stop that? I don't know.
0: But if you can make side deals with Vegas, why can't you make them with the other? T- yeah. 29 five teams open spot. Real. No. Okay, you give
1: us this player, we'll hold them, and we'll move them back to you.
0: What? Uh, since you brought up the Coyotes, let's can we use them as a as a potential model for an expansion draft? Like we can look at who they're keeping and, and why they might have room open. You can keep. You can protect, I should say. You can keep more than that. You can protect eight skaters. Or seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. Either way, either way, you're protecting a goalie. Only one. So if you want to protect the eight skaters, you could protect six defensemen if you want. You can. The reason you would only protect eight players is you can protect as many defensemen as you would like. Exactly. For the Coyotes, I would assume because they're you know guys like Max Domi and Christian Dvorak, Brendan Perlini, Jacob Chickren don't need to be protected. That's why they're going to have so many spots open. Yep. I'm assuming they protect Oliver Ekman-Larsson, Alex Goligoski because they have to. And Connor Murphy on defense. Yes. So do the math. That means you're exposing Luke Shen. Correct. Up front, you're protecting Brad Richardson, Toby Reeder, Jamie McGinn, Anthony Duclair, and Jordan Martinup. Yep.
1: Do you have, did you have Toby Reeder in there? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Is that five? Yeah. That's five. So That's that, that leaves you two, two slots. Two yeah. forward slots. Assuming to Alex Bermistrop is not protected. I'm, and I, I, think, I don't think they'll protect him. Maybe, and, the, maybe and, they'll examine what, what's out there, but, you know, he's, he's an RFA. Yeah. and
2: Also, I mean, if they don't have somebody else to fill those slots at the end, then they will. well, okay, why not? Right. But I don't think that's going to be like, no, 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 we can't make this
0: deal for a player because we've got to keep Burmishov. So the way right. I see this right now is you're basically, your decision if you're the Coyotes is you protect Jamie McGinn and go with the three D and seven forwards, and you have two open slots, or you protect Luke Shen, let Jamie McGinn go. But if you're protecting McGinn, then you've opened up two more slots that you could trade for, or, you know, you can right. protect Burmistrov that's why you're saying they have so much room to, to protect guys and take on players that you know we were looking before the show. But here's the, the thing, the the Ka- caddies
1: were not looking to move Jamie McGinn at the trade deadline and I don't think that had anything to do with the fact that a lot of teams didn't want to take a player they'd have to protect. Just don't think they were looking to move him. So if that's the case then you're
0: going forward. Yeah,
1: you're going to keep him. Yeah. You're going to protect him and and then you have those two slots. So sorry to interrupt. But no,
0: I, I just, I'm giving more context to what you were saying earlier. Not only do the Coyotes have draft picks they can trade and cap space, but they literally have room to protect players that the majority of teams don't have. And the reason they have it is because most of their best players are only in their first or second year. So right. I'm sure there's other teams like the Coyotes, but maybe not quite to that extent. Yeah,
2: maybe right. Toronto's. Yeah, but similar. I mean, if this was, this expansion happens the following year, it's a whole different game yeah. for the Coyotes. Yeah, then they're, they're, in a, they're in a not players. in a, a very good spot.
1: Right. They're in a terrible spot there, yeah. but the timing is great here. And two other things to think about with Jamie McGinn factored in again, because the Coyotes only have about 45 million committed to 16 players next year they need bigger salaries just to get to the cap floor. So Mike Smith's going to be protected anyway because he's played well this season. And yeah,
2: because the backup goalie's not good. Sorry. Right. I know so, everybody hates so, when I say that. So there's
1: that. that. No, I, don't, I, think, <laughs> I think you've got a, a larger choir now. <laughs> but, he, yeah, he hasn't played well this it's year. So he, you, yeah. can't, you can't right. mince words well, he's on that one. Better it's
2: better than Smith last year. He's definitely not better than Smith this year. I mean, he's young, but... Uh, but Mike Smith's
1: contract, too. They're going to need that to get, yeah. to, the need mm-hmm. to get to the floor. They're going to need Jamie McGinn's contract to get to the floor. When you already have that and many you, you players, you need to have some veterans so on that team too. Yeah, yes, and you need that as well. Exactly, all of those play a role.
0: This is why. This is another reason why I think they're going to make trades this summer. Because if you look down the free agent list, there just aren't players worth paying a lot of money to other than like Kevin Jack, and Kirk. I'm sure they want, but good luck getting him. It's right. not, not keeping, a given.
2: Good luck keep him, keeping him out of New York. Yeah. Right.
0: So if you're going to have to pay money to players you're not just going to go out and sign unrestricted free agents that are mediocre and overpay them to get to the cap floor. Why wouldn't you trade for guys? And this this is harder to sort of project because this isn't just looking at the expansion draft. But what players do other teams maybe want to get rid of because they need to stay under a cap that might not be moving Mm -hmm. and they want to get rid of player Mm -hmm. D and you're willing to take player B off their hands and they may not have a choice, basically, but to meet you in the middle. That's where I think the Coyotes... Sure.
1: Improve. And I, again, I don't I don't think we're going to see core players, top six players moving in those situations unless it's a, a blockbuster yeah. deal for a guy like Duchesne. But there will be players both for the expansion draft, for the reasons we just outlined and at the draft, because if if we do have a flat cap, there are going to be teams that are like, what do we do? We, yeah. we got to get rid of someone like we were just talking about the Blackhawks. Marcus Kruger is a guy that's been mentioned. Mm-hmm. He'd be a heck of a third line center for you. He'd, oh, he'd yeah. Slot in nicely. Yeah, so Penalty he kill killer, et cetera, so he could, he could help your team. He'd fit he'd fit like a glove, too.
0: And if you have a team that is, let's use right wing instead of center because I think it's more realistic. They have a clear number one right wing and, and a number two and an almost a 2B. Maybe you can't get their number two because they feel confident they can slide their 2B into that mm-hmm. slot and you're giving them something else. Let's close on this. I'll ask you guys this. I'll, I'll maybe chime in. but If you're running the Coyotes and you're looking to make a blockbuster trade this summer, which players on your team are untouchable?
1: Oliver ekman Larson. Yes, okay. that's it.
2: Mm. it. It it it. I'm, always, not... I, I'm with the the Chyka mentality of nobody's untouchable. It always depends on the deal.
0: Okay, but let let's, But you're not getting in a. You're not getting Taves or Crosby or. No, Rash but but back. you know. It,
2: it, no, nobody that we think is going to be out there, which is Duchesne, I think is the best player I, we think is a a realistic possibility to be moved. And no, okay. I'm not trading a Max Domi. Okay. Or a Oliver ekman Larson to get Matt Duchesne. Okay. If Dallas, you know, fires their GM and brings in somebody else and says Tyler Sagan's Peter now available, Sheerally. yep, Max Domi on the block. Who is, It changes very quickly yep. who's available and Max. And, Domi's, and hey, is let's look
1: at the Coyotes' situation at left wing too. Yeah, they're stacked at left wing. If you move Max Domi out, and I know people are freaking out at hearing this.
0: This took an odd turn. This is not right. Clayton
1: Keller is another playmaking left yeah. wing who could step into that fold. You've got Brendan Perlini. You've you've got a lot of talent on the left Center, side. Center
2: greater
0: than sign, left wing.
1: When you have a lot of assets, that's. You're dealing from a position of strength, and that's where you want to deal from.
0: Okay, then let me let me make this more specific. And that was interesting. But if you... If that was Colorado, very condescending.
1: Well, that was interesting. No,
0: it was I... interesting. Good for you guys. <laughs> no, um, but if you're Colorado, because we heard a month or so ago, they want if they're going to give up Matthew Shane, they want a high-end prospect, they want a player, and... A, they wanted basically a young defenseman, right? Or, or a first-round pick?
1: You're going the Jacob Chikert yeah. aren't you?
0: Is there any scenario where you're trading Jacob Chikert? I'm sure there's some scenario. Sorry, I just blew into if my microphone. That's ah. the,
2: if that's the only player they want, yeah. maybe. I don't know. They're not but that's not going to get it done. See, no, that's, that's not going to do that, gonna, that gonna, deal. That's the thing. I can't see it realistically making sense for both sides. I mean... I know everybody likes to come up with trade scenarios where their team gets all the good players and they give up nothing. Would you not... trade
1: Jacob Chikrin and Dylan Strom for, for Matt Duchesne? Or would you trade um, Jacob Chikrin and your high first-round pick, which is, could be the number two pick in the draft, for Matt Duchesne?
0: Not if it's the top two. Because at that point, the top two picks this year are centers that are supposedly, and I haven't seen Heshier, Heshier however pronouncing his name, I haven't seen him play very much, but... He projects as a number one center. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Because you asked this earlier, I really like Matthew Shane's game. He's great in the face-off circle. I think that he can be better than he is in Colorado. But I do have some concerns when you're starting to talk about trading a defenseman like Jacob Chikrin and the number two pick in a draft. That's probably too much for me.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I'm not opposed to trading Dylan Strom. I'm just, I don't know if what You're getting game. a
1: center in return.
2: Yeah, if you're getting a center in return. And he's a proven commodity. And, again, if you're wrong on Strom, his value in two years is nothing.
0: But so, if you trade him and you're wrong and he's a stud, Yeah, but if you trade him and
2: you're wrong and you got Matt Duchesne. I mean, the thing cool. is, that the level that Strom has to get to to reach what Matt Duchesne is, is a climb. That's Could a he get gap. there? It's possible. It's a big gap right now. It's very now. possible. Yeah. But there's a, there's a big gap there. It's also not like Duchesne's 30 you know, you're getting somebody with some. He'll have what two years left on his deal, and he'll have some longevity. And
0: I feel like he's gonna. I do feel like he will be better with a fresh start if they if Colorado trades it. And isn't Noel Brown his uncle? I feel like he is. Isn't he? He'll
2: he's he's sure sure as hell get better coaching. Okay. Yeah. Than what he's had the last. Yeah. So that's. Five a, I mean, that's so. a
1: possibility if if, that, if you want to go that route. And. But so there are times of, in Duchenne's career where I thought he, he's just a. A brilliant player, just incredibly skilled. It's so. a
2: lot, but it's the classic you have to give up something to get yes. something. I'm and afraid of over... As much as I th- I'm a fan of what I think he can do, I'm afraid of overvaluing Jacob Chitrin.
0: So you would do Chitrin and Stroh?
2: I would have to... I would want something back well,
0: from yeah, Colorado, Duchesne. whether
2: it's some level... Well, well you mean yeah, in addition to do Yeah, maybe. Uh, whether Even if it's a second or third pairing, maybe right-handed defenseman. I, I might want something back, Chikrin. but I don't know... I'm I don't want to either, if I'm the Coyotes, because, again, you have an 18-year-old that has, you assume, 20 years in this league, possibly. Everything goes right. But you also have a proven all-star center at a position you desperately
1: need talent in. And you already have your number one left-handed defenseman and locked your, down. So, yeah, you so have your number Jacob one So, Jacob your number two left-handed defenseman.
0: But I think that's how this team wins games, is with a... With a yeah, but they
2: defense. could win games with Matt Duchenne and Max Domi on a on top pair for... Five years. Ago. I think
0: you could get Matt. If they're going to trade Matt Shane, I think there's other ways you can get him. Who's more
1: replaceable? Who? What are you going to give? What are you going to give that's going to if you're talk Shane out?
0: Dylan Strom, who was the third pick two years ago, and you have two Who's failed
1: to make your team twice. Yes. Okay. Well, well I mean, this is a little bit
0: different. Against the first time, he's 18 well, years old. Well, you know. Okay, but I'm not.
1: Look around at. But, but you can't tweet Look, around, I mean, at minute, that look around at other guys from that class. Look around at other guys from that class. You start to wonder.
0: I'm not saying just Strom. I'm saying if you have Strom and you have other prospects and you have other young defensemen and you have two first-round picks, I feel like there's a way to get it done without giving up Jacob Give
1: Shane, me that right? scenario. Who's, who's the young defenseman that's going that way, that, that anybody Colorado wants has, other has than has Jacob to defenseman Chicken? defenseman
0: back. They have to.
1: Who's the other defenseman in the Coyote system that everybody says, oh, yeah, I'll take him instead? There is nobody.
0: Well, if I'm Colorado, I'm not trading Matthew Shane. Well, really? I agree
1: with that, too. I don't think they should either. But, but me, if, if the Coyotes, they're moving him... It's right, what happens it's if not if, Anthony D'Angelo. it's not Kyle Wood who they already had and gave up on to Definitely
2: me if let's Kyle say Wood. the Coyotes get a pick that they feel confident they can get Nolan Patrick then I and, and, and you're saying I would I would trade stroll in that case if I could say okay I can go with Duchesne as my number one center and get Patrick as my hopefully my future number two and then figure out the bottom with Dvorak and Richardson and, uh, and Martinook and Dauphin all these other guys. I might make that move because I think in that case my my timeline to make the playoffs just got rapidly accelerated. You I just solidified
1: that your center position. If you me, got, I, you're saying Duchene, yeah. Nolan Patrick, Christian Fisher, uh, Christian, Christian Dvorak, Christian, Dvorak rather, and the yeah. I think at whoever, that point you look at center. that
2: with all the wings they have. You you make maybe a Ryan couple Richardson. shrewd signings.
0: So I use the Minnesota first round pick on another defenseman, hoping basically that I get some tra- similar. Or trade that or pick for. You, yeah, I you've mean, got a
1: bunch of other assets that you might be able to move up again. I.
2: To me, I, I think that I, I, getting a player like Duchesne changes their timeline enough that I think you're then looking at this a little differently. And to me, as talented as I think he is, and how you, know, you don't really want to trade a young defenseman of that age, he is more replaceable than finding a number one center. And I don't know where you're going to find a number one center otherwise.
1: Uh,
2: that's, that it's actually tough. is interesting. That's and if, you, and just... if Noel Patrick becomes a number one center and you also have that Duchesne, oh, yeah, that's boy, is that a fun problem to deal with yeah. down the line. Yeah. I just, I think you just there's so few opportunities that if I think they don't get Duchesne, I don't know where this number one center is going to come from. Yeah,
1: and again, it. If you have, you already have OEL, you already have your franchise defenseman. So, what is Chikrin's situation here? What's, what's his ceiling on the Coyotes roster? It's, it's no, He's the, the number two pair. left you hand can't defenseman, play right? So, gold getting him where you got I know him. I but do you, too, but yeah, maybe but you, maybe Dushen- you're striking gold. You know, By because of Matt that, you, yes, you're getting the center that you've needed so long. And I'm not saying. No, neither the, of us is saying that yeah. Matt Duchesne is Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or Jonathan Taves. He's not.
0: You didn't but, even have him on your list of number one centers when you wrote that story earlier no. this year, right? Okay. No. No, but who else are they going to get? No, okay. that's I fair. Think that, to and me,
2: they're not playing Trichon with Ekman Larson. I don't think that would, no. do, that would hurt both players. But is it the so worst it's thing, your thing in the world
0: bit. to have two just loaded defensive pairings? But to that's basically me, what you're it's saying It's not about. the worst
2: thing in the world, but it's also who you're going to match Trichon up against. You're still going to have to protect him. A little bit, and when you're playing with him, he's going to be a more Next offensively year. gifted Next guy. Next year, you're going to have to protect eh, him. Still, I mean, you have to protect Eric Carlson, and he's not hes not going to be that player. I mean, you're have to you playing him in a little bit different scenarios than you're playing Ekman Larson. And what are you
1: doing with Alex Golgowski, by the way? Are you moving him to the right yeah. side, and then where, who does he fit with? It's like all these guys need... These are good problems to have. Well, but all these guys yeah. need some sort of protection, right? They... I'm,
2: not, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying if you, the opportunity to get a number one center, you have a much better... To me, you're getting a number one center that you're going to play 20 minutes a night. A lot. Well, of
1: been, course. Obviously. It's a whole different equation. Oh, yeah. I'm all over Although that at Although, if you're that trading point. with
0: Chiarelli, you could just offer him Kyle Wood. <laughs> uh, this is the last thing I would say on this. I'm not trading Dylan Strome unless I'm getting a number one center. We agree with that, right? Because if you can't get the number one center in the trade, he you need him to be that guy whether he ends up yeah. being that guy I or mean not. unless
2: for some reason a, an elite defenseman
1: if you get to a top right-handed defenseman a top yeah. pairing right handed defenseman
0: that guy's on the market i mean you just need to lure
1: him away from but the you, you you may not be able to yeah I may mean, not yeah for instance it might not be a money what if winnipeg thing. goes that route again what if jacob Truba does actually get moved? Yeah. would you would you make that move then would you trade strom for jacob i don't know jacob why Truba? they would want strom i don't know given I, I, their yeah, structure yeah, they of they that team yeah, but but hypothetically
0: I mean, maybe you could bring Tampa Bay in and make like a three-team trade.
1: Yeah, so just hypothetically, if you had a player of that caliber, well, the, would you also, move? It, you
2: know, if you have to move a player, like let's say Chidwin in the in this thing, what stops you from packaging another player, maybe that second Minnesota first-round pick, to find a defenseman? Now, that, again, you have to have somebody that's willing to tango. I, I just, to me, I I cannot for I don't foresee a way unless Strom completely surpasses my expectations for him or Nolan Patrick gets one, the Coyotes get a spot where they can draft him, and two, he develops into a star. I don't see where their number one center is coming from. See, that's
0: funny, because to me, if they... if Let's say the Coyotes win the lottery, or they pick second, and they feel like Nolan Patrick or Nico Heschier is, is a number one center... And Jamie, in your I mind, that, in a heartbeat in that deal. See, I think one well, of those that, guys are that? To me, makes it less likely I would trade Chikrin for a center because then I've already got, in theory, a number one center. I've got Strome, who still has number one center upside, whether you guys think he's going to get there or not. If you have Nolan Patrick too, and Strome and Dvorak, you've got enough centers to probably get by. Then I want to get by.
2: If I have if I have that scenario, I would much rather say, okay, I've got what my future number one center, whether it's Patrick or. Or I can't blank on his name again Peshire. and Duchesne down the middle I, I'm in a whole different spot, I would much rather have that solidified down the middle with two centers I think are going to be upper echelon players than have two left handed defensemen I think are going to be upper echelon players and you have Dvorak
0: and Richardson or whatever mm-hmm. Boy, it's. I think what I'm taking from this conversation is if the Coyotes... who is the
2: second best defenseman on the Penguins?
0: It varies from week to week. Olimata, when he plays, is decent, but he's always hurt.
2: Now, and I'm not saying any combination of these players are, are malkin and Crosby. They're not. They're not. But I would much rather be in a scenario where I have to use an average to slightly above average second pairing lefty and have two centers, I think, are upper echelon. Justin Schultz chances.
0: is your number two. Probably no, yeah. Yeah. Justin
2: Schultz, really strong here. Huh.
0: Interesting. Okay, well, what I, what I would take from this is if the Coyotes finish the top two pick, they. Uh, They've got options. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Craig is working on something. For, uh, for Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Trick Podcast.